Welcome to You Don't Know Mojack. My name is Ryan. My name's Brant. And on this episode, we are discussing the subhumans. No wishes, no prayers. SST number 18. This is an interesting release because it is it's the only subhumans release on SST. I don't believe they even appear on a compilation. And I would say kind of near and dear to myself and maybe to Brant because I, I'm pretty sure this is the only purely Canadian band um, that was released on SST. We'll see. Maybe I'm wrong on that, but uh, it's interesting for that reason alone in my mind. Um, yeah, off the top well, of my head, I can't think of another one. Yeah, I definitely, I mean, I know Ron from Black Flag has lived in Vancouver forever, but you know, a fully Canadian band. I'm pretty sure it's the only one on SST, so very cool. Um, before we get into the subhumans, though, we have some uh, some spiels to get through, Brant. Uh, why don't you kick that off? Yeah, we had some good feedback from a few listeners, alias Dan Davis on Twitter. Did you see this, Ryan, about Worm? No, which was that? Okay, so he pointed out to us that, um, you know, the band Yes, the prog band? Yes, Yes, you know, yes? Yes, yes, I know yes. Okay, so they have have an album called the Yes Album, right? Yes. Side A, track three, is called Starship Trooper. And it's, of course, this is a 70s prog album, so there's three movements in the track. Movement A, Life Seeker. Movement B, Disillusion. Movement C, Worm. W-U-R-M. With Motley Crue dots. Whoa, that is awesome. Yeah, and I own the album. I don't mind the band Yes, and uh, I had never noticed that before or drawn that connection, but very cool that he pointed out, and I would be willing to bet that that's where they got the name from. Well, it's interesting. I think I, I recall when we were talking about that release, there was even a practice space or like a, a jam space called The Wormhole, back in the day when they were playing and and I had thought that that was related or where the name worm came from but maybe the wormhole is actually from the song worm movement C on that yes album could be wow well my my mind just got completely blown there that's very cool oh just you wait just you <laughs> wait because another <laughs> listener Mr. David Allen on Instagram let us know that Salanki was the name of the landlord on the house that the band shared. So that's the that's that ten inch by that band who did that song that was like a tribute to the Buzzer Howell yeah. record, right? Yeah. Wow. You know, I still have never I have never been able to find anything about that band. So that's very cool. Yeah, probably like their punk house. Huh. Solanke. Yeah. Cool ten inch. It was probably it's... called the Manor, the house. <laughs> <laughs> Well, quick quick plug for Solanke. You can find that 10-inch for like 3 bucks on Discogs, and it's awesome. Check it out. Right on. What do you got? Uh, I don't have much um, in terms of spiels since the last episode. I'm just uh, I'm excited to get into a couple of other things that you had mentioned before. Like, I think you mentioned that, that maybe we've got a contest. Yeah, let's talk about that. So, Craig Abera, who uh, we've talked about many times on the podcast has Water Under the Bridge Records, and he also does some publishing, obviously, because we've mentioned his book many times, A Wailing of a Town. Awesome book. He's got a a press uh, end of the uh, business called End FYI Press, I think is what it's called. 
Yeah. And he published like a little, I guess it's like, this is in the book, A Wailing of a Town, but he got, so there's a chapter in there on when Flag played at San Pedro High and he yep. acquired some really cool color photos of the gig and he wanted to, I guess, kind of update the book without reprinting it or whatever. So he just printed this really cool, he calls it a chap book and it's a companion piece to A Wailing of the Town. Like I said, it's the same chapter in the book on Flag uh, at San Pedro High. So uh, we've got a copy of that book that he gave to us to give away. So thanks to him for doing that. So what we're going to do is uh, we're going to ask our listeners to find us on Facebook. Pretty easy to find. You don't know Mojack on Facebook. Uh, like our page and share the, uh, the post that we're going to put up talking about the contest and if you already like us on facebook you can just share it and we'll pick one of those people and uh send them off a copy of the of the zine right on and please uh go to craigabera.com and see what all he has he's got some really cool stuff he must have had a record label in the 80s maybe because there's uh, a link to a Bandcamp page where you can download some compilations and stuff pretty cool yeah i have ordered from water under the bridge records several times i probably should have just the first time i ever found that website just ordered everything at once yeah um, but over time as i've just learned about stuff and dug deeper i've made uh, multiple orders and the stuff is it's priced well it shows up um it's packaged well and it's really good music, and it's all about San Pedro and related area. There's a great um, split 7-inch from Sacron Trust and the Minutemen that Craig Barra put out, and a number of really cool releases on Water Under the Bridge, and a lot of cassette-only releases on there. Uh, I had to dust off my cassette deck to check them out because I don't always just listen to the download. Yeah, very cool. Absolutely. So another thing, Ryan, that we talked about doing on this episode was talking about our top 10 albums of 2017. Yes. Do you want to get into that? I do, I do. do you, did you put yours in order? So here's the thing about the top 10s every year. I read these top 10s and I kind of go, are they really your top 10s? Are they really in that order? And what I did is I put them in order, but the order moves like every time I look at the list. But what it is for sure for me is it is, and it's not like, I mean, maybe it's not my top 10 per se, because there are so many other records that came out that um, I really enjoyed. But these are my favorite 10 that I'm going to go back to. Yeah. You know, these aren't, these aren't just one-time listens. I'm going to go back to these ones. These ones made an impression. They left a mark. These ones are lifers, you know, or at least the immediate future anyways. So yeah. that's kind of where I was coming from. I buy a lot of new music, like, you know, easily, I bet you 50 to 100 albums a year, brand new each year. And uh, I always get pissed off when people say there's no good music anymore because it's simply not true. Oh, yeah. No way. I always make lists. I have a radio show, too, so I have a completely separate list for that because it's kind of different you know, from what we do on the podcast. Some of these song uh, albums are on that list as well, though. Mine are... I guess, uh, not in real any real order either. I could switch them around, but do you want to start at number 10? So what, are we going to go back and forth? Yeah. Okay. Well, first, before we do that, though, I want to... Actually, you know what? I was going to mention a bunch of stuff that was not on my list. Maybe we should do that after. Yeah, I've, I've got some stuff that's not on mine, too. Okay, so let's, let's start at 10. 
Okay. Who's going first? I feel like you're going to out 2017 me, so I'm a little. <laughs> you go. I'm a little. I'm a little nervous. So here's the thing about my list too. Again, it's stuff not just recorded in 2017, but it's the stuff that I got that was released in 2017 that I got for the first time. And there are two things on my list that were not recorded in 2017. Number 10 is the first one, but it has stuff on it that I never heard before. And that is the U-Man box set. That is number 10. I have listened to that to death, and it is awesome, and it has everything. Um, I have a bunch of scratchy 12 inches on uh, Dutch East India and Homestead, and Sub Pop put this stuff out. It sounds great. It's amazing. Love the U-Man. Number 10. I bought that two weeks ago, and I haven't even opened it yet. Oh, get on it. Yeah. Number 10 for me is a band called Uniform. Album's called Wake in Fright. Remember that band, The Austerity Program? Yes. Yeah, they're kind of like that. Little less big black and maybe a little more like, uh, say, Godflesh or something like that. They're on this label, uh, Sacred Bones. They're out of New York. Really cool. I do like The Austerity Program. I've never heard of that. I'll have to check that out. Yeah. All right, number number nine for me, Unsane, Sterilized. Oh, that's a good one, yeah. Yeah, on Southern Lord. Unsane are back, and it's awesome. Yeah, they put one out maybe five, six years ago on Alternative Tentacles that was really good, too. Yep. Uh, speaking of Alternative Tentacles, my number nine was a band called Dead Ending, Vic Bondi. Oh, yeah. From Articles of Faith. So yeah. uh, they've released a couple EPs and a single. This is, I guess, a full length, although it's still like 25 minutes long. It's called Shoot the Messenger, and it's really good. Is that on Alternative Tentacles? Yes. Ah, okay. Good punk rock. Yeah, Alternative Tentacles still keeps cranking them out. Yeah. Awesome. All right, number eight for me. A band called Stunning, spelled S-T-N-N-N-G. Hmm. And the album is called Veterans of Pleasure. And that's on Rejuvenation Records. Uh, really good noise rock. They've been around for a long time. Uh, this big break between albums, but Veterans of Pleasure is a really good record. I'll have to check that out. Never heard of it. Uh, number eight for me was the new album by Chuck Prophet. It's called Bobby, Bobby Fuller Died for Your Sins. Chuck was in uh, the band Green on Red back in the 80s, and I tend to like all the stuff he does. That's a great album title. Yeah, it's a great album. All right. Uh, number seven for me is a band called Buildings, and their record that they put out called You Are Not One of Us on, I'm not going to be able to pronounce this name, it's like Antenna Krizku and Gilead Media. Anyway, another kind of noise rock band, but really good. You know I like um, really groovy, noisy drum and bass stuff, and Buildings are right up my alley. Really good record. Yeah. Uh, number seven for me was Arboriteum. Album's called Song of the Rose. It's their ninth album. They're from Baltimore. They're kind of like a psychedelic, folky rock band. They're on this label Thrill Jockey. And uh, their last one came out in 2013. It was called Coming Out of the Fog, and it was in my top 10 that year as well. Wow, okay. What kind of stuff is it? Psychedelic? Kind of. It's not like uh, psych rock or anything like that. It's kind of folky. Like, there's good vocals. I don't know. It's really good. Huh. All right. For me, number six, Mets. Strange Peace on Sub Pop again. Their third album. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, really like Mets. I mean, you'll see there's a bit of a theme for my first five. It's... Uh, which is kind of up my alley, pretty noisy stuff. And Mets are awesome. Uh, number six for me was one of my favorite bands, Cheap Trick. The albums were all all right. That 
band is having a real purple streak late in their career and they just keep releasing great albums okay number five for me i'm pretty sure this is the only one on my top 10 that i've seen on others top 10s and it's on a lot of top 10s and i'm an unabashed fan of these guys war on drugs a deeper understanding Mm -hmm. i really really like their stuff yeah i haven't checked out the new one but i did like the the debut well the one from like two years ago that was their second album actually okay yeah and there's an earlier one that kurt Vile was on right yeah i knew but, he, uh, i knew he was in the band at one point but uh number five for me was teo cross pillar of fire they're like a crust punk metal band um kind of a super group uh rob miller from that band amoebex is uh the main songwriter and michelle away levine from voivod is the drummer and it's their se- it's their second album, and it's very uh, Killing Joke esque, and it's uh, I really liked their debut. This one's also really good. What era of Killing Joke though? If it's like crust, you uh, said. like it sounds like their newer stuff, I guess, because it's yeah. very produced and okay. Yeah. Is that because I really? I mean, I don't want to say I really like early Killing Joke, but I prefer early Killing Joke. Yeah, this sounds like their early stuff and their new stuff oh, okay interesting yeah. number four for me jason lowenstein spooky action on joyful noise records this is one of the guys from sebado and this is his second solo record and that label joyful noise puts out a lot of really good stuff and i actually subscribe to their singles club and uh joyful noise is one of those labels that has kind of the label aesthetic like sst for example and uh lowenstein has a very tangential sst relation of course because lou barlow from sebado was in dinosaur jr but this is his second solo album he put out his first one like 14 years ago and this album is also really good right on uh my number four is peter parrot how the west was won peter of course was in the only ones in the 70s and He's calling this his debut solo album, but he had a few under the name uh, Peter Parrott and The One. Yeah. And he supposedly cleaned up. A couple of his sons are in the band, and it's a really killer album. Yeah, you know I like The the Only Ones, and that is a really good uh, record. And it sounds so much like Peter Parrott. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is what, which what, it makes it so good. All right, number three for me, Crystal Fairy. <laughs> that's, Self- what, that's what I had at number three. Really? Yep way well i mean it's an awesome awesome record yeah. with uh terry gender bender from Le bertourettes and omar rodriguez lopez with dale and buzz from the melvins crystal fairy great album very like sabbath-esque almost at times yeah well you heard that you would have heard that melvin's album that came out this year too a walk is it a walk of love uh walk with love and death yeah and so that's a double album the first album is a really good Melvin's album. The second one is kind of a soundtrack. This Crystal Fairy record blows it away in my mind. Same. I hope they do another one. Me too. All right. Number two for me is Quicksand Interiors. I knew that was going to be on yours. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. I mean, it's exactly what I wanted from Quicksand. And uh, it's just killer. It's the third album. And Walter Schrieffel's Almost anything he does is is uh, something that I really really like, and this is a, a return to form for for sure from them. Really good. Yeah, I like that one too. 
Uh, number two for me is The Professionals. What in the world? Professionals, of course, uh, were Peter Cook or Paul Cook and Steve Jones's band after the Pistols broke up, and this is kind of uh, revamped Professionals. It's Paul Cook and Paul Myers, the bass player from the original Professionals, and they've got this new guy, kind of an unknown guy, Paul Spencer. He's filling in for Steve Jones, and who uh, he plays on a few tracks, but he doesn't sing at all. And Paul Cook is seems to be. There's a lot of people saying that he shouldn't be doing the Professionals without Steve Jones, but I mean, if you listen to the album, it's it's crazy how good it is. Huh. Well, there's I know a, there's you... some guests on it, like Billy Duffy from The Cult plays some guitar on it. Like I said, Steve Jones does play on a few songs, but it's a really well, good album. I had no idea that they had a, a record out. When you said The Professionals, I'm like, oh, it must be a different one than Jonesy's band. Yeah, it's really good. That's what went to my mind. Okay, number one, it has to be number one. And it's, for me, it's The Replacements for Sale, live at Maxwell's, 1986. Yeah. Say no more. You didn't put that Bash and Pop in your top ten, hey? No, you know what? The Bash and Pop record is really good. The problem with the Bash and Pop record is um, I still listen to Friday Night is Killing Me way more than the new Bash and Pop record. And my top ten has got to be the top... These are records I'm going to go back to. Yeah. And I will, I will go back to this top 10 more than that new bash and pop the new bash and pop is good though well like i said my albums can all be interchanged but my number one is for sure my number one it's the new album by the dream syndicate it's called how did i find myself here and uh there is an sst connection with the dream syndicate kendra smith who played in the band at the start of their career uh went on to form opal oh yeah and she sings on this album and has been playing live with them from time to time they're back together now it's on anti it's their first album since 1988 and uh, it's really good also on the album chris kakavis he also plays on the album plays keys and he was in green on red and uh but he also played in the divine horseman and the leaving trains so ah bit of an sst connection there and it's just a killer album that one i didn't know about either and that one i will i will check out for sure Speaking of SST-related stuff, I made a, a quick list off the top of my head of other SST-related artists that released albums in 2017. I might have missed some, so I apologize if I did, but uh, Thurston Moore released yeah. an album called Rock and Roll Consciousness. Uh, the Obsessed, Wino, was in uh, St. Vitus. They released a really good album called Sacred. It's their first album in 27 years. Uh, Oxbow released a new album called The Thin Black Duke. Of course, Big Walnuts Yonder, which we've talked about on the podcast. That's Mike Watt. Yep. And uh, Lee Ronaldo released an album called Electric Trim. And Sweet Apple released a new album, and that has Jay Maskus and Mark Lanigan in it. It's yep. Called, it's called Sing the Night in Sorrow. Yeah, Mark, well, he's kind of a guest vocalist on the second album. He's not on the third one, I don't think. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, 2017 was a good year for music you just have to go looking for it and there's lots of it out there i i mentioned um earlier that i i kind of had a couple of other ones that i wanted to mention that weren't in my top 10 but that people should check out i really liked um the new records by cloakroom meatwave spotlights the new propaganda is good it is that good band. dead cross i don't know if you heard that record that's good yep and like Still putting out records this year, 2017, Perubu, Wire, The Fall, Flaming Groovies. Still putting out music, right? Oh, and another another 12-inch um, that has an SST 
relation is a band called Don't Sleep. It's uh, a new band featuring Dave Smalley on vocals. And uh, I got that 12-inch, and I, I played it to death, too. It kind of sounds like a mix between Down by Law and Dag Nasty, somewhere in the middle there. Hmm. Um, and it, it sounds very much like Dave Smalley, who's an awesome vocalist and was uh, this, the first singer for all, of course. I got three albums for you to check out, Ryan. Lay it on me. Uh, the Effects, Eyes to the Light. It's on Discord. It's uh, one of the dudes that was in uh, Farrakhet and Medications. Okay. And uh, another one is uh, a band called The Cowboy, and it's the Cowboy album. They're from Cleveland. They're really cool. You'd like them. And uh, a noise band from Finland called Baxter Stockman. They have oh, a- I've, got all, I've got everything by Baxter Stockman. Yeah, well, they have a new album and it's really good. It's called Hall. Yeah, I've got it. It's good. I I didn't want. I got a big long list too. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> a really really long list. I just can't stop devouring uh, new music, which is awesome. Yeah. All right, we should get into the subhumans. History lesson part one. We mentioned at the start subhumans. This is the Canadian subhumans, not the UK subhumans, and it's hard. It's hard to talk about the subhumans without talking about another very famous Canadian hardcore punk band, DOA. I'll, right off the top, though, I'll mention a couple of books that I was looking at for this podcast. There's a book by Sam Sutherland called Perfect Youth, The Birth of Canadian Punk. Named after a Pointed Sticks song. Exactly. And uh, Pointed Sticks will come up later, too. Um, but there is a chapter in this book about different regions of Canada different eras of punk in Canada. There's a chapter on women in Canadian punk, and there's also a chapter or two about the subhumans in DOA, and it talks about the very early years of those bands. Another book that I looked at was uh, called Fury's Hour, uh, a sort of punk manifesto written by a guy named Warren Kinsella, who used to be in a punk band called the Hot Nasties from Edmonton way way back warren kinsella is actually like a i believe he was he's a lawyer and a political consultant for the liberal party in canada but it's a very good book about not just punk in general but there's a chapter in there on uh, jerry Hanna from the subhumans which we'll get to in a minute and there's not a lot of information in this book but i i can't help but take the opportunity to plug this one book called smash the state a discography of canadian punk 1977 to 92, put together by a guy named Frank Manley. It was put out a long time ago, but before there was the internet and you were collecting punk records in Canada, this was basically the list in a book form. And there is a really good discography in here about a ton of bands, lots of whom are are not even on Discogs, and there's a good subhuman section in there as well if you want to look at all the releases um, before this one came out on SST. Very early on in our podcast, Ryan, some people were speculating that we were Canadian based on our accents. And, we are. Right? Uh, we are Canadian. Yeah. I think we've probably mentioned it maybe since then on the pod, but we're we're Canadian. So um, definitely have a uh, soft spot for Canadian punk bands and subhumans are way up on the list for me. Subhumans are probably higher up in the list for you i'm gonna guess than me like when i'm thinking about western canadian punk the num- absolute number one of all time and forevermore will be no means no for me and i feel like probably doa and subhumans are way up there for you right i love doa no doubt about it like i said it's very hard to talk about the subhumans without talking about 
DOA. So let's talk about kind of the beginning of the subhumans really starts with a band called the Skulls. That was a band with Joey Shithead Keithley, uh, Brian Wimpy Roy Goble, and Ken Dimwit Montgomery. So Joe, Joe Shithead, he's the guitarist and singer. He went on to form DOA. Wimpy Roy was, um, I believe he was on bass in the Skulls. And Ken Dimwit Montgomery, who's also Chuck Biscuit's brother, he was the drummer. Uh, and Jerry Hanna, or Jerry Useless Hanna, they all kind of had these names, Shithead, Wimpy, Dimwit, Useless. Jerry Hanna was the roadie for the Skulls. They started off in the late 70s, and I think they went to Toronto, didn't really go so well, came back to Vancouver, and the Skulls broke up, and out of the Skulls formed the Subhumans and DOA in uh, 1978. And the first lineup of the Subhumans was Wimpy Roy, Dimwit on drums, Jerry Useless on bass, and then a guy named Mike Graham, or Mike Normal Graham, on guitar. They were active from 78 to 83. They kind of reformed in 2005, off and on. I saw them on one of their late 2000s reunion tours i don't know if you saw that show brant i saw them more in the 90s actually saw them a couple times in the 90s i don't think i saw them on the new dark age parade era. Oh, okay i didn't know that they reformed in the 90s i missed that anyways dimwit didn't stay in the band forever he actually left the subhumans and went to join a band that we mentioned earlier the pointed sticks which was kind of a more of a pop punk band i love the pointed sticks i saw them it's got to be about eight years ago. They did kind of a reunion tour, and they were amazing live. It wasn't uh, uh, Dimwit had passed away by then. He wasn't on drums, but uh, wow, the Pointed Sticks wrote some really, really great early Canadian pop punk. And replacing him for a while was a guy named uh, Jim or Koichi Imagawa. He joined after Dimwit quit. Jerry Hanna actually left the band in 1981. He got involved. This is kind of a famous story, too. He got involved with a group called Direct Action, and um, he didn't take part in any of the actual bombings. But there was there was a bombing in Ontario, and then a bombing at a, a hydro substation in Vancouver. And these uh, the people that did it, they were called the Vancouver Five or the Squamish Five. Um, he but he did uh, participate in like helping it or was part of the group. Anyways, he got sentenced to ten years in prison and served five years. I don't know, Brant, if you probably have a few factoids about that, too. Uh, I didn't really uh, write anything down for that, but it's a fairly well-known story. There's, I believe, a documentary maybe about it on YouTube called Useless. I could be wrong. I seem to recall watching that at one point, though. Uh, Jerry ends up back in the band, though, when they really reactivated and signed to Alternative Tentacles and stuff, and and, uh, just, I guess, had a super passion for... The, the name of the group says it's says it all direct action they believed in what they were doing like the one thing they bombed I believe was a like a, a Canadian company that was making parts for cruise missiles yeah I think that was the Ontario bombing doA released some uh, like a charity single to help their legal defense fund and stuff like that uh, when they were still on trial so fairly famous yeah. story yeah and it wasn't too like condone using bombs it was just to make sure that they had money to have a fair trial yeah so anyways subhumans released a number of records before this sst release they and they're they're pretty famous at least up here in canada there was the single death to the sickoids and O canada 
and those songs have been covered to death. Oh Canada was covered by No Means No, which is a great version. If people want to check out that, you can find that on a 7-inch. And then there was the Firing Squad's 7-inch they put out. There's the self-titled 12-inch that came out, which has a couple of very famous songs on it. Fuck You is a very famous song that DOA covered too. Probably one of the most famous songs on that one is called Slave to My Dick. And then in 1980, they released the record Incorrect Thoughts, full-length LP. On Friends Records, the same label that released the first uh, DOA album, Something Better Change. Yeah, Friends Records put out a number of early British Columbia punk records. There were a number of, um, there were about four or five kind of British Columbia, I guess you'd call them almost private press companies. But when you're looking at the old Canadian punk from Western Canada, Friends Records is one of those labels that you see, I mean, not often, but they're one of the more famous ones. Hey, Ryan, you said that a bunch of people covered that song, Fuck You. Yes. So I was reading the liner notes to Death Was Too Kind, the compilation album that came out when they re- when they re- reformed on uh, Alternative Tentacles of all yep. their early singles. Yeah. And there's some great liner notes in there. It doesn't say who wrote them, but they're really well done. And there's a story in there about, this is a weird SST tie-in. So this band from New Jersey called Overkill, the same Overkill thrash band that uh, ended up causing the SST Overkill to have to change their name to SST Overkill or Overkill LA. They released, their debut album is called We Don't Care What You Say, Fuck You. And they recorded this sub subhuman song and didn't credit the band. They credited them themselves as the writers on it. <laughs> they obviously did not care. Yeah. <laughs> wow, no kidding. Yeah, well, I mean... I got to tell you, I don't know how many DOA shows I've been at, and uh, when they play that song, it's a highlight. Well, yeah, they started playing it when uh, Wimpy joined DOA. And a lot of people think it's a DOA song, but it's not. No, I know. Well, I did for a while. Yeah, For sure I did. For sure I did. Um, Anyways, so they released a number of records. Jerry Hanna quits the band in 1981, and then they get two new guys in the band, and it's time to record No Wishes, No Prayers. So you want to talk about the release itself sure history lesson part two okay so no wishes no prayers i don't know what you think brent but i mean i actually i like the subhumans i know i don't like them as much as you but no wishes no prayers is a really good album that i feel like no one knows about i'll be honest it's my least favorite thing they did and that's what? yeah it's maybe what? maybe because i'm just not i just don't have I haven't listened to it as as much as the other stuff. I really like the stuff they did when they reformed in the like in the last ten years. Like that new Dark yeah. Age Parade is a such a killer album. Yeah, well, I like I agree that their later stuff is good too. But to me, Incorrect I, Thoughts blows the, blows this album out of the water. Yeah, I I don't I think Incorrect Thoughts is good. I like this one better because this one actually it kind of rocks a bit more for me. It has a different rhythm section too. Yeah. A guy named Ron Allen on bass and a guy named Randy Bowman on drums who ended up in a band later on called The Scramblers. So this was recorded. It was recorded, I, I think, in 1982, but it wasn't released until 1983 after the band broke up and Wimpy Roy went to join DOA. In the original run, there were only a thousand pressed. And I believe that was it. It's been bootlegged, but that's it. Yeah, I read that they only pressed a thousand because the band was split up. 
The thing about this album is I know these songs from a compilation that came out in the 90s called Pissed Off with Good Reason. Yes. So in the early 90s up in Canada, a bunch of, this is like after The Offspring and Green Day, I guess, when like punk bands were reforming and stuff. And we kind of had that up here. And a bunch of labels popped up kind of repackaging bands, back catalogs on CD and stuff like the diodes and the dish rags and the young Canadians and the file tones. And, uh, the subhumans had one called, uh, pissed off with good reason. And that's around the time I saw them for the first time. And then, as I said, I also saw them a few years later, I want to say in 1999 ish. And, uh, the guitar player in the band was Chris Houston on that gig from forgotten rebels. The guy that wrote Surfing on Heroin. Whoa, that would have been good. Yeah. And, uh, but the tracks on that are not, none of them are taken from this actual album. There's demo versions of these songs on it and there's live versions. So they mustn't have had the rights to, to be able to use it. And, and that compilation does not have all of the songs off this record either. No, it's only got like three or four of them. Yeah. 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 Well, I'm, I don't know. It's it's a weird... I like it. I like this record a lot, in fact. I mean, when I think of one-off albums, you know, kind of by one-off bands on SST that we have been through so far, like The Stains or whatever. I mean, I like this way better than The Stains. Oh, album. yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's like... Don't get me wrong. It's really good. Just for me and the Subhumans, it's probably the last thing I would listen to out of their discography. Really? Well, yeah. I, I don't know. Maybe it's because I listened to it so much over the last three weeks or so to kind of remind myself about it. I, I just found it really catchy. Yeah. And uh I thought it was I think it's recorded well. It sounds good. Um yeah. I was I was even thinking to myself about how I really like where the bass is in the mix. You can hear it really, really good. And the bass is I mean it it provides kind of a good melody under all the riffs. I really like it. Yeah, there's some good tracks, uh, for sure. It's weird that they ended up on SST. I always thought they should have been on Alternative Tentacles back Me too. back then. They're, Me they're too. way more of an AT band with the left-wing politics, you know? Yeah, I totally agree. They, I don't know why they ended up, and there's, there's basically, there's very, very little information I could find about how that all happened other than kind of a Black Flag DOA touring up the West Coast connection. Yeah. This was recorded at Unicorn, hey? So yes. like, you know, I think it's kind of like the same deal as the Stains. They probably paid for the recording because they had access to a studio when they were at Unicorn. Subhumans were obviously in town to be able to record there, probably on tour and DOAs or, uh, you know, the flag guys were like, probably like you should record an album. So they had it sitting in the can, probably paid for the recording. And so it came out. Yeah. It does say on the back though, that it's, I never, I never noticed this until now, but it says recorded at Unic Warren Studios. U N I C W O R N. Weird. I'm pretty sure that that is a typo. Yeah. Yeah, and this was. It appears as though maybe not a co-release, but licensed through Enigma as well. On the spine, well, let's talk about the album cover. It looks like um, it looks like a couple of guys who are probably going to get my guess is I don't know you're always better at me than better than me at this. Uh, looks like a couple of guys that are probably being pushed off of a boat to walk the plank. They've got a rock around their neck with some bayonets pointing at them. Yeah, uh, the back cover is pretty plain, but it goes through the song list on the the jacket though the songs are listed in the correct order at least or at least closer to the correct order the labels on the actual vinyl itself are all wrong they're flipped over and mixed around and stuff 
And it has uh, the same, you know, the guys that we were talking about, Wimpy Roy, Mike Graham, Ron Allen, Randy Bowman is the band at this point. Special thanks to Cecil English, who's kind of a famous Western Canadian promoter. You see Am his I right? name. Yeah, you see his name on lots of that West Coast stuff. Yeah. Uh, produced by Spot and Ron Allen. Interesting that uh, the new bass player in the band got kind of co-production credits with uh, Spot. I wonder if he had some sort of engineering background or something. Um Album designed by Bob Mercer. Now, the last name Mercer also has a bit of a Western Canadian punk connection. I don't know if Bob Mercer is related, but Laurie Mercer was kind of a promoter for some Western Canadian punk bands forever. And then it just says, um, it says, yeah, all songs by Subhumans except Screwed Up. And I was looking to see, I, I couldn't figure out who wrote that song. I could see different credits. I couldn't find its origin. But I found I, it. Did you? Yeah. Okay, but before you before you tell me, I want to tell you. I want to tell you when I hear that song "Screwed Up," you know what band I think of? The Rosillos. Oh, I was going to say Nine Pound Hammer. Oh yeah, yeah. I didn't like it to be honest with you. It sounds <laughs> it sounds like a goofy kind of a new wavy kind of a thing. So who wrote that? A band called Menace. The original's way better. It's slower. The vocals aren't as goofy and. Uh, it sounds like kind of like the Saints or something like that. You can find it on YouTube. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I did. I hit the Google the Google machine and I couldn't find it quick enough. But I was like, that it doesn't sound like the Subhumans. That's yeah. for sure. Menace, kind of a UK street punk band. That sounds more like it. Yeah, it's really good. The original. Are they Menace? A UK how like what era? That would be kind of mid seventies. Uh, this is like seventy seven, I think. Okay. Hmm. It's kind of ringing a bell now for some reason. Oh, well. Yeah. Um, anyways, we've got some some runout grooves if you want to get to that. Heck yeah. So, let's see. Oh, I'm looking at side two. Well, side two is actually side one. So, let's look at side two. It says, an echo, a prayer from Brian Wilson's church. And then side one, which is actually two, says, a wish and a whisper. The walls have ears. Cool. SST 18. Hey, I wanted to say something about uh, Brian Goble, just in case everybody doesn't know. He uh, passed away in 2014 from a heart attack. The Subhumans were had been reactivated at that point. They released an album I've mentioned a couple times already, New Dark Age Parade, which is awesome. And they re-recorded uh, Incorrect Thoughts. I believe it's called Same Thoughts, Different Day. Yep. Both are really good, and uh, it's too bad they didn't get to do another one. I, I always secretly wanted uh, Brian to rejoin DOA, got to be honest with you. It's my favorite era of the band. They released so many incredible albums. I wrote them all down. Do you, you want to hear them? Well, I was. I actually have it in my notes, too, to mention that the Brian Goble era of DOA is awesome. I, I'm, before you say anything, I'm going to say I love the album The Black, Scott, Black Spot. Yeah, the it's Black great. Spot. It's great. Go for it. So he joined for War on 45. There's a bunch of singles that he played on as well, like a zillion singles, but uh, played on War on 45, Let's Wreck the Party, True North Strong and Free, Murder, which just got reissued, I believe. Awesome album. Uh, 13 Flavors of Doom, one of my favorites. Loggerheads, The Black Spot, and he also played on the Jello Biafra uh, collaboration, The Last Scream of the Missing Neighbors. And right around that at that era, they filmed a concert at that Mahube Gardens in San Francisco, yeah. which, which has been released as uh, The End, it's called. And it's probably on YouTube. Um, I own it on DVD. I'm not sure if it's still available, but it's awesome if you want to see Brian Goble and DOA uh, in all their 
Glory. John Card is on drums, I believe, in that. Did Was there a second guitarist at that point? Uh, yep. Uh, his name was, they refer to him as Humper. I think his last name's Humphrey or something like that. <laughs> I believe he was in the Dayglo abortions at one point. Can't okay. remember his name, but DOA's had so many members. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Uh, but I, I mean, just to reiterate, the Brian Goble era is awesome. I love the Black Spot. Loggerheads is great, but I love the Black Spot too, especially because John Wright from No Means No is, is plays drums on that record. Yeah, and so that is they toured that album like crazy. I bet you I saw them ten times on that tour. Yeah, with Ford Pierre in the band. Yeah, that was awesome. So yeah. good. Well, um, I think it's time for the ballot result. How about you? Yeah. Ballot result. Do you want to pick, since this is like your least favorite Subhumans record? I I wrote down four songs as kind okay. of my, my favorites. Helicopters, I think, might be my favorite. No, the title track, uh, Breaking Point, and Googleplex. Googleplex. Not America Commits Suicide? Didn't grab me. Oh, man. Well, out of those ones, I would actually go with the title track myself. Yeah. No wishes, no prayers. It sounds like a subhuman song. Yeah. I don't know. You you uh you pick. Let's do that one. Okay, no wishes, no prayers. Yeah. Excellent. What's next week? So next week is Meat Puppets 2. That's a good one. One of your favorites, I know. Yeah. All right. Thanks for listening, everyone. <laughs>